0: entrepreneur, speaker and coach Lucinda
1: Carney. Hi there it's Lucinda and I'm just jumping on ahead of the Tom Robinson masterclass because I wanted to give a shout out and a great thank you to everybody who has been downloading over the last 40 odd episodes because we broke the 20,000 downloads last week which is a bit of a milestone in fact we're nearly 21,000 at time of recording this. Really would never have foreseen that when we started out doing the HR Uprising. So thanks to everybody who's taken part, who's listened, who's shared, who's given reviews. Um, Please do keep it coming. It's hugely, hugely motivating. And there's quite a lot of work involved in putting out a podcast every single week. So it's really helpful to know that people are actually listening and getting value from it. So huge thank you. And then the second thing I just wanted to mention was that we have got two programmes that we launched Um, launched them last Monday and uh, there are actually a few places left but actually quite a number have been taken up which is great which is why I thought it was good just to publicise it while there's still time for people to sign up if they're interested. One is called How to Be a Change Superhero and it's a one-day training course. It is a face-to-face training course. It's going to be in Hertfordshire on the 2nd of April. There are some places available still And I'll give you the link in a minute. In fact, we'll put them on the show notes. And the second one is um, an HR mastermind. That is a smaller group of people. So there are a fewer spaces. Um, The idea of a mastermind is, if you've never heard of it, is where you have a group of people who sort of work and collaborate together in a focused, ongoing basis. So we will meet probably six times virtually online, maybe slightly more than that. And we'll meet on a regular basis Um, online we'll take a, a topic that's of interest to everybody, study it, have some training input that I'll deliver and then we'll also take a challenge from individuals and do some collaboration and sharing virtually as well. So that's the way it will work. And the idea is it helps people develop, but you don't have to go on a training course. So it's cost and time effective in terms of what you're doing. So if you're interested in knowing more about either of those, you can get the links either from the HR Uprising page, hruprising.com forward slash Change Superhero. You should be able to find them there. And they're also on our Actus pages because that's where we take our um, payment through that route. That's um, Actus Consultancy so actress.co.uk consultancy so if anyone's interested wants to find out more message me directly if you've got questions but otherwise you can look at the information online as well so enough from me over sorry to me again actually as it turns out but actually this one is myself talking to Tom Robinson from Talent Tomorrow all about recognition reward what works what doesn't so I hope you'll get lots out of this masterclass coming up thank you Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the HR Uprising podcast. My name is Lucinda Carney from Actors Software, and today I have Tom Robinson and he's joining me in a masterclass. Now, Tom Robinson, some of you may remember that name because he was one of our 12 in 12 HR professionals that we had on the um, on the show before Christmas. But he's very kindly agreed to come on and do one of our masterclasses. And Just to give you a little bit of background, Tom can explain it further, but he runs a business called Talent Tomorrow. Obviously, as ever, all of the connections and links to him, if you want to follow up and link in with him, will be on the show notes at hruprising.com. He's an organizational development consultant. Well, that's putting it simply. We could call him a performance architect, OD practitioner, people geek. There's all sorts of things that he will answer to, but fundamentally, he's about organizational behavior and people behavior in organizations. And the masterclass that we're going to investigate with Tom now is really about reward. What really works in terms of reward? So the people out there might be, you might be an R&R practitioner or you might be being asked what you're going to do with your latest bonus scheme. But Tom's going to tell us he's done some research and he will tell you actually the things that move the dial, is that an Americanism, um, with regard to reward. So anyway, over to you, Tom. Thanks so much for coming on the HR Uprising podcast.
0: Thanks very much. Thanks so much. Um, Good to be here, thank you. Um, So I think, first of all, just to kind of kick us off, there's lots of um, commentary around reward, recognition, what it is, the difference between the two. Um, Normally, the way this is described is uh, reward being the tangible stuff. Um, This is, you know, stuff like pay, benefits. And benefits, there's a subdivision of benefits as well, and there's there's organisations which have sprung up just specialising in benefits itself. And this could be things like tickets, vouchers, you know, cooking lessons, uh, sports um, tickets, extra holiday, um, bring your dog to work, there, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then there's uh, bonuses, EAP schemes, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, recognition, and recognition tends to be the uh, intangible stuff. So this is to thank you, the opportunities, encouragement, extra status, if you're uh, given the opportunity to lead on a project, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, doesn't cost money no yeah yeah exactly um, and uh, the interesting part is the thing that makes the most difference for people I think in organizations that the stuff that's visible the stuff that's visible on the balance sheet and the, on the PL is the um, tangible stuff um, you know the CEO might look at the, um, the P&L and, and look at you know the salary costs and this is the bonus cost um, but the recognition side is is often the um, the invisible stuff Um, But I think any any rewards strategy in the ODE strategy should be based on evidence. Um, And I have, uh, like you said, completed a bit of research. This was um, a continuous piece of research over the past five years. And it's a survey of um, upwards of 3,000 folks um, of all different levels um, around the world, mostly based in the UK, but um, global teams. Um, And the question that I've asked them was, what do you value most in your work every day? Um, and these were free text response responses, so uh, people were given the opportunity to write whatever it was that they value most in their work every day. Um, and these roughly fit into uh, 12, thirty you could argue 13 different categories uh, of what people benefit from most. Uh, and number one, I'm going straight to the, uh, to the golden ticket here. Yeah. Um, is the feeling of making a difference. So uh, people would describe that differently. So if you are, uh, you know, an engineer, it'd be I love I love fixing stuff. Um, if it's uh, someone works in healthcare, they love helping people get better. Um, you know, a receptionist might love some, seeing someone smile. Uh, but the feeling of of be, uh, having um, a, a job that's of worth, the feeling of being valued.
1: And is it um, related very much to the job they're doing? Does it? So yeah. nurse would be nursing. So you've gone into something, you're getting a kind of kick out of something slightly vocational linked to that role. Yes, Yes. Yeah,
0: exactly right. Yeah. So that um, they are, yeah, they're, they're actually getting um, a sense of purpose from doing the stuff that they do every day.
1: So if I ran a training course or did a coaching session and felt that it really made a difference to somebody, then that would, that's your kick. Or do a podcast it. and people say, actually, that was really helpful. I've used it. That yeah, sort that, of thing.
0: I call it the kick. So yeah. if, if people get a kick out of doing what they do. Yeah. Um, and uh, second on that list uh, is recognition and I think that's very closely tied uh, into the first one so uh, people will describe it different ways but um, the feeling of being worthy of being worthwhile um, uh, is how people would describe themselves as getting uh, the, the best value of getting, of doing what they do
1: so the recognition is that external then is the is the feeling you've made a difference it could be internal or it could be external as in someone's told you whereas the Recognition is someone's told you. Yeah, it
0: could be anything. So it could be customer feedback. It could be feedback from your manager. It could but it's be external just
1: generally. Generally,
0: yeah, yeah generally. Um, and then as you go down that list, there are various different other items of, you know, fun and enjoyment, respect and trust from manager, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Uh, Furthest down this list is uh, number seven is pay. Um, mm-hmm. And then it goes on to more transactional factors, I call them more transactional factors, uh, such as logistics, um, benefits and perks, working conditions tend to be sort of further down. Um, uh, number 10 is...
1: Uh, so it's almost like yeah. it, it's Herzberg that says that you have hygiene factors, like the company car type thing, isn't it, that yeah. motivate people for a small amount of time, but not longer term? Yeah,
0: the hygiene factors. And that's,
1: that's right. kind of what you're describing here is the the top motivators are all these, these, these people-related things like and, and more... Intangible, and then they come down to tangible things which the companies have to spend money on. Yeah, that's right. But aren't necessarily as important.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And uh, benefits, uh, interestingly, come number 10 of, of 13. Um, and mm. the uh, CIPD's uh, recent research um, backs this up. I mean, they, they went one bigger than me. They just surveyed 200,000 people okay. uh, in 189 countries and they found very, very similar stuff. They said the biggest factor is being appreciated. And they put pay at eighth, but it, very similar data, very similar data.
1: In terms of, this might be a bit of a nerdy question, um, but in terms of those, did people only answer one? So would you be able to put proportion or were they giving more than one? If you a often
0: they gave more than well, In my, in my research, yeah. more than one response often. Uh, they could give two or three or four, but this is how people um, ranked it yeah. in terms of what makes the biggest work a uh, value for them. Um, in, in their work every day. Now looking at the science of it, I, I'd like to say that this is an evidence-based approach. No, you, you can only really say that there's a correlation between these two things. Um, what somebody values in most in their work every day does not necessarily translate to organizational performance. There are correlations but um, uh, no direct link. However, you know you may suggest it might suggest to you that um, people are more likely to perform better if they feel like they are being valued and they are of value in their work
1: links to the engagement brigade which I know you might argue isn't evidence-based but it's very much a similar sort of message coming through and they would say there's a correlation with performance and productivity wouldn't they? That's
0: right I mean I I listened to a a podcast I won't name it but I listened to a podcast just this morning uh, and I think there are a lot of people who will take these correlations and use them as evidence so they'll say Gallup says only 14% of the the globe is engaged which I fundamentally disagree with anyway Uh, and we know that art makes people Happy in the workplace. Our suggest that uh, us, our, our own research says that people are happier when art is around uh, work, and happiness leads to engagement, and then one hundred and fifty percent higher shareholder value comes from engagement. Do you want to buy some art? Yeah. So there's like there's all these multiple related factors. Um, Uh, suggesting and often people wanting to sell something Um, many
1: many businesses have made lots of money out of of linking to employee engagement because frankly anything to do with people stuff Mm -hmm. is very very hard to create it's very hard to prove a direct correlation yeah actually so in terms of what you're doing is you're going this is the information we have and and as rob bream would say it doesn't have to be direct correlation but it's gathering as much information as you can that's to make a sensible decision. Yeah, exactly right. And
0: Deloitte recently um, said that 87% of recognition programmes have zero impact on organisational performance, which might make a lot of people sit up and, and take notice. But I, I think there's a word missing from that. I think that 87% of recognition programmes have zero evidence for impact on organisational performance it doesn't mean they have zero impact yes it's just that you can't isolate particularly that scheme or initiative
1: of, yeah. of you know increasing your, your share value yeah you can take this through to training and things like that to of a certain course. extent as well mm-hmm. I'm interested um on the recognition so in that is it what do we mean I know you said the start are tangible and intangible and the benefits because there are organizations out there that um, sort of promote employee benefits as probably as a correlation probably their evidence base is about employee engagement in mm-hmm. fairness isn't it but I heard um, recently I was quite surprised by this on one of the groups that I'm on that the take-up of those sort of programs is actually actually quite low and again I wouldn't name one of the ones that's out there but there's a very well-known one that sounds it looks very sexy and it looks terribly glamorous um, but actually people don't necessarily use it which would suggest that they're not valuing it certainly not having the result or unless they like the idea of it and that mm. makes me work harder.
0: Yeah. That's I, right. I don't know. What's yeah, I mean that that really is the value of value. Yeah. And that for me is the, the sort of meta question is um, you know, especially in the tech sector, a burgeoning burgeoning sector. Um I spent a bit of time uh, in there and now every tech company that starts up, they've all got a freezer full of ice creams and they've all got a ping pong table and they all have free breakfast and yeah. you know, beers in the fridge and all kind of things like that. And it's more taken now as um it's just there. You know, oh, but does it, that become a hygiene factor become, then if it's not there? Is it, it a
1: disadvantage?
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the balance of power has has shifted over time. I mean, people are saying now that it's more of a, a, an employee or a candidate led market. I think that's probably uh, true in some areas. There's definitely more information and more choice for for people choosing businesses. Um, uh, Glassdoor, you know, as, as one of the, you know, the big ones, people, people will look at the whole package available to it as well as the organization's reputation. So yeah, it, it ceases to become valuable, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and and that I think is the challenge for for HROD reward people is to uh, include in your reward strategy the intangible concept of recognition.
1: And actually um i was thinking it's interesting big ceases to become because what you're talking about is quite transactional so i had was involved in a webinar last week and we were talking about onboarding and uh, someone asked about you know how important is it to have goodie bags and I think, well, I've never had a goodie bag. I think it's quite good if you've got a desk, you know, and back in the day when I was going you know, have I got a laptop? That was a that was a good starter. Try to get beyond that stage. But um yeah, these sort of things the um the other guy was saying that actually in certain sectors, if you haven't got a glamorous goodie bag, then that's almost a mark against you mm-hmm. in terms of retaining people. But again, these are really transactional things, whereas surely if you've got if, if you're listening to this and you can influence your managers in your organisation and you can get them to connect with the person and make sure they take them to lunch on the first day and they connect with them and understand them as an individual, that's much, it's real, right? Mm-hmm. So that's got to have more value. Yeah, I, I feel that would link much more to your list of factors that people, and it differentiates you because not everyone can connect personally. Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it could just be a difference of time. Um, so benefits, uh, these attractive benefits that, that are often um, listed when you're applying for jobs, they may attract somebody to the job, but as soon as somebody signed the contract, they've started and they've sort of passed their probation, and or they're on the way. A different set of motivators tend to take over. Yeah, uh, people aren't necessarily motivated. You don't wake up in the morning and go, "Yes, I'm going to be paid today. I'm mm-hmm. going to give my best effort." Um, that's almost taken as a given. It's taken, you know, the the, the healthcare schemes and uh, you know the, the the gym membership is taken as a as a given. Mm-hmm. It's just there. I mean, don't get me wrong; people will be annoyed if you took it away. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, it ceases to become a, a day-to-day motivator. And I think the key word, especially in the, the data that I've gathered, is uh, what do you value most in your work every day? Yeah. Um, and uh, people can come to work and they go through different phases of, of being, you know, firing on all cylinders and, and being less than productive and uh, less than good at the job. Um, and it's the day-to-day part, you know, often something simple as, as recognition, the intangible can just get someone back and performing well again.
1: So for our audience, what would you recommend in terms of people? Because, of course, these are the intangibles. They can control the bonus scheme. They can control the recognition scheme to a certain extent, can not they? And the salaries, etc. But actually, how can they influence these things, which... Potentially, are the more important
0: ones. Mm. So, um, I, I think probably a good thing to do is, is to look at the where areas uh, have not worked well. So, areas I've seen, or even organisations I've, I've worked in and worked for and work with, um, and where those areas work really well. Um, so, the, the first, the first one really is um, where they're not aligned to the to the values of the organization i don't necessarily mean the core values that are you know on on the website or ingrained in in marble in the reception area but the things that you uh, that are valuable to the organization you ask people what what are we trying to achieve you know what do we really want from people what value what skills knowledge and behaviors uh, and what do our people want from us um, so to kind of take a, bit, a bigger picture of kind of the exchange of labor, we're paying you to show up every day, um, what do we expect from you in return? Uh, and, you know, it might be in some organizations you would value status quo. So longevity is rewarded. There's going to be long service rewards. Um, there's uh, extra bonuses that are kind of unlocked after a certain number of years of service. Or well, in some organizations, status quo might be something that you value. Whereas in other organizations, it might be, you want door kickers. You want people who, who are pro- provocative and disruptors. Well, in that case, those sort of rewards won't really work in the organization. So the first one is the kind of the, the, the biggest one is um, how does it align to what you would expect of people and, and what makes the organization successful? And we tend to think in terms of uh, especially profitable organisations, but this could be organisations of any any type. I mean, it could be third sector, it could be, you know, the army, it could be churches, it could be little societies, it could be anything. Um, <clears throat> so, first of all, is aligning it to the values.
1: So, does that is it just values or is it about, um, it's almost going back to that feeling like you're making a difference in the role, as in, if you look at goal setting theory, one of the keys is making sure that you can see the relevance of the connection between what you're trying to do. Um and, and the purpose, your sort of gold yeah. you know, silver sort of, gold thread, green thread, whatever, but um that connection. Um I know it's not necessarily the value so much, but it's kind of it, it's meaningful. I'll give you a small example. We've got we've got a um an intern in at the moment, and uh, it's only day two, and she's just done an infographic for us using this software that we use. And you know, she's used something at one of the podcasts, and we're gonna use it as a, a download from one of the podcasts. Now I think that that's quite useful. I'm hoping she will have a sense of satisfaction, which is greater than, greater than having you know read through loads of... You know, when you're a new starter and you have to like read through all really boring things. She's done something that we're actually going to use, so it's mm-hmm. tangible and in the inval- of value. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that makes... We'll find out. We'll, we'll see whether she finds that's more satisfying. <laughs> I would. Do you know, is that a sense of achievement that you're using your t- time to something that's productive as opposed to doing something that's a paper exercise?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there's a very fine line between... Um, recognition, reward, and performance-related incentives. I mean, they all go kind of hand-in-hand, grey areas between them all. I mean, I did hear um, a story recently about uh, an ambulance service. Uh, I don't know where it was, actually, um, but they were they were told to um, prioritise certain jobs, or to get the, to eight-minute target. They were given an eight-minute target. Um, so they, uh, the dysfunctional output from that is they prioritise the jobs that were nearby. Um, and they were kind of um, letting other ones further away, which might be more ur- urgent more more important, um, let them slide uh, for the fact of hitting their, their targets. And, you know, you might say that's not technically a reward, but it is a performance related incentive that they were they were given.
1: Counterproductive one, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and I've seen lots of ones where, where teams were kind of pitted against each other. I'll be specific with sectors. It's often, you know, sales related, let's say sales related mm-hmm. environments. I don't want to go any kind of closer than that. But teams are often, uh, you know, league tables and uh, you know leaderboards, which can often it may drive performance at the higher end, um, but can serve to really demotivate from the other end. And also, what behaviours are you encouraging of people? Um, uh, You may argue um, that uh, they are encouraged. The underlying message is that you're encouraged to fight against each other rather Mm -hmm. than work together on stuff. Um, I might even take it further and say that the the banking crisis of, uh, that we all experienced a few years ago um, could have come from where banks are encouraged to hit their overall targets, doesn't matter what means they use to get to them. So they're kind of encouraged to um, use, let's say, dysfunctional behaviours in mm-hmm. order to hit a certain target. At overall goal time. At all costs, mm-hmm. which kind of brings us on to one of the other things that, does not work is um, is ignoring uh, the path to get to the result and saying the result is the, the be-all and end-all. Yeah.
1: So it's how you get there. I mean that's, and then that's uh, you know, very typically HR way is where it's not just the objectives, it's where you do see some business trying to look at the, um, the did you meet the values at the same time or deliver competencies. So it's not just the performance at all costs, it's the how, how you get it to, to get, get some balance there. Yeah, exactly right.
0: The other part as well is... Um, is making it not immediate. I know this is an issue close to your your heart as well, Um, is recognition is often saved up for appraisal time. And I've got nothing per se against appraisals. Mm. I know it's kind of fashionable at the moment to get rid of them. Um, And used well, as with any tool, uh, they can be good. uh, But making sure that um, uh, recognition, especially, is um, part of an ongoing cyclical conversation. Um, and that recognition and feedback is, is linked and intertwined together.
1: 100%, yeah. Because it's an, an I very simple one. I remember years and years ago, someone saying, if you, if you hired a golf coach to, to give you some t- tuition, and basically they followed you all around the golf course, you got to the 18th hole and then they said, right, on the hole one, you did this wrong and on the hole three, you did this wrong or this right. It's, like it's too late for you to practice or get any benefit out of it. Mm-hmm. So that's why we shouldn't store it up to the end. We should be helping people to grow throughout the year and, yeah. and also recognize people so they can do good things again and over the course of the year as well. So, yeah. yes.
0: And it's important as well that recognition as well as feedback um, is uh, woven into the rest of the OD system or the organisation system, that making sure that there's ties in with learning and development because often managers might need support in actually how to Mm. uh, sincerely recognise and thank people for doing a good job. They may not either feel comfortable with it or be very good at it. Um,
1: May never have had it role-modelled.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did see a bit of research a while ago that said... um, Ma- managers who would describe themselves as good or very good at recognizing others was something like 70 71 percent. So the people managers rate themselves very highly, um, but
1: I'm waiting for team, a really low really team low, members, yes. uh,
0: w- who would rate their manager as good or very good at recognition was only something like 19 percent, which might suggest the
1: 20 rule, there, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it might suggest that um, managers think they are doing recognition. Uh, or they might be, but the recognition they're having is, is, a, is of little or no impact. I mean, it might just be, well done, mate, good job today, high five, pat on the back, and that means nothing so, to the yeah. team member, but the manager thinks they're doing a good job. So there's linking with, with L&D there. Um, also, if there's any kind of career development opportunities, uh, buddying or mentoring schemes that might be, might be there already. Uh, I heard of recently a good um, reverse mentoring scheme, which I thought was really interesting. It was in a law firm where um, going back to kind of engendering the behaviours that you would want to see in your team, uh, the senior team, the partners were all very um, stuck in their ways uh, and they wanted to recognise these new up and coming young lawyers. So they encouraged the uh, young lawyers to mentor the older ones. Uh, and I thought that was a really great recognition for showing that they've actually got value in the organization. It's not just a top-down hierarchy and kind of uh, proved really successful, actually.
1: i be really interested to talk more about that separately. I think we could have an entire podcast episode on something like that, oh, right. how do you normal mentoring but also reverse mentoring. So you hear of it, but how do you make it work it would be quite interesting. Yeah,
0: indeed. Uh, and as well as um, we going to kind of link up with internal communications, how you publicize, how people are doing the things that they're doing well. Uh, internal talent and succession planning. I've got major issues with many, many uh, succession planning and high potential programmes, which I'm sure I'll go on to in just a moment. Um, And then, uh, of course, pay, uh, overall financial um, teams as well. So uh, the important thing is that it's woven in and is not uh, a scheme, an initiative that sits alone.
1: Yeah. So it's neither the saviour nor the... You know, to blame, basically. Whatever you do, it's something that's woven into the way you, you your overall OD strategy, people management strategy, should be deep-rooted in there, exactly. but done to a high quality. Exactly.
0: Yeah, so I mean, there's plenty of ways where it, it works really well. I mean, uh, an organization I've, I worked with for a long time, one of the things that uh, we used to do really well uh, is immediate rewards. So we used a postcard scheme. So everybody from, I think, supervisor upwards all the way through to the MD um, had these postcards. And the thing that we wanted to be, the thing that we stood for, is being exceptional and memorable. And if people were being exceptional or being memorable, in whatever form that took, uh, we would recognize them for that. Uh, so the managers would write a little handwritten postcard and, and drop it on people's desks and post it to people. And it's it's just that... Um, immediate response but it's also more genuine it's more genuine than an email Mm. it's more genuine than uh, an app it's more it's kind of it's it's um yeah it's specific it's behavior based it's uh, it's immediate and and it's responsive to the thing that they have done well in that moment
1: it is an interesting thing doing that immediate stuff actually just making sure that people it's uh, often a new habit though for people to think to do that yeah we often Maybe dwell on things that people do badly or wrong rather than actually catch really old book, you know, one-minute manager, catch people doing things right. That's right. But actually trying to, to do that, it's a nice example of doing that and how we can maybe encourage more of that going on in organisations. Yeah,
0: well, that scheme came directly from that book.
1: I oh, did it? Yeah, I go. Great minds. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, the other thing as well is um, a, a while ago, I remember um, watching something about Capuchin monkeys. I think it was a, a David Attenborough program and it, it was looking at um, how they responded in certain situations. Now, I understand this is not um, adult humans. It's, it's, it's one, one test. It doesn't necessarily apply to everything all the time. Uh, but they were studying something called the social inequity inversion. Um, where a uh, capuchin monkeys were given a reward for doing particular tasks. One was given, I think, a piece of celery, and the other one was given a, a grape, and the grape is seen as the more valuable reward.
1: I'd, I'd be with that.
0: And, uh, <laughs> and uh, the monkeys rejected the unfair rewards. So it was either that they were given an unequal reward for the, for the same work, or they were given an equal reward for unequal work. In either of those situations, the monkey rejected uh, or was often seen to reject um, the, these unfair rewards. My son does the same. If you offer him something, that uh, <laughs> yeah. you know he, he's three and a half, carrot stick doesn't, yeah, doesn't, no. doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work, and he'll quite happily turn down a biscuit if he thinks you know. It's a, if he, he should be getting a cake, you know. So um, this I think has some kind of translation to organisations. Uh, I've seen some very annoyed people. Um, where maybe an exec team—this is where I was talking about—you know these high potential programs. You see, you see an exec leadership team go off to some, um, you know, Ashridge or Hog Business School uh, to, to go on some very expensive development program in a five-star hotel with a, go- a golf resort, and people get very annoyed at that because they feel like that reward is not fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people, you know, <clears throat> doing a, a lot of good work. I mean, it's not that they're not doing good work; it's that the reward is unequal, um, is you know, not commensurate with the, with the effort, mm-hmm. impu- amount of input. Uh, and then the other part as well is 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 making sure that these uh, recognitions are about relationships. One of my biggest learnings uh, over the last few years is that uh, it's not even about the business. Uh, and the frustration is 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 often this um, in this quest for return and investment. We kind of become a bit blinded to actually just the stuff that that matters most in in business in life generally. It's not necessarily about squeezing more discretionary effort out of people as if they were some kind of donkey mm. um, using this combination of carrots and sticks to, to kind of improve their performance. It's not even about the business. I mean, most people in any organization don't really give a damn about the share price if it, indeed it is listed on Not the, the share options.
1: share options. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, they, they care about their own sphere, uh, their own little world of influence, of their own relationships. So this is where, where, where managers, where line managers can often be the, the thing that will cause a, a program to succeed or fail. One of the most successful things I ever saw was, was people each inputting a small soundbite to a video. Talking about how somebody was really beneficial, um, was was really going above and beyond, had made a major difference, and they each said to this, to, I think it was recorded on an the iPhone. Uh, they each recorded sort of a ten fifteen clip about how awesome this person was. It was com- kind of um, edited together into a, a, a minute or so clip, and was sent to the person. And it had almost no cost, yeah. but had probably huge amounts of value. And this is sort of sort of so, so thing is. Um, remembered for years and years, if not a lifetime, and is about strengthening the bonds between those people that you work directly with, whether it's manager to team, whether it's peer-to-peer, um, and is is it strengthens local bonds and the company by proxy. I don't think it's necessarily all about um, the organization's goal.
1: No, that's, I mean, so as I mean, that's as the as long as it's value based, yeah. as long
0: as you're you're recognising the right behaviors which fit with the overall objective mm-hmm. it's not necessarily about squeezing more performance from people
1: it's always the more real you can get without being overly soppy um so it's not everyone feel that it was professional comfortable it, it's the higher the value because we tend to protect ourselves and not do those i've got a really good friend of mine who's just done a must be a hugely expensive program with one of the big four and um, she's a partner there but one of the things was we all had to give feedback and it's friends um and, and write sort of thing, anecdotes of how we knew her and what you think of her, because you don't say these things to mm. people, unless you've had about three bottles of wine or something, that. You know, actually quite a lot of them were related to wine instances. But, um, you know, she, she, I think she said, you know, she was probably quite tearful about mm. some of these things, but often we don't say these things to people, mm. so... I well, to, the irony is balance. we put them in their
0: leaving cards. As they're departing the business, we yeah. say oh, how much we missed them and, and how much, you know, yeah.
1: how awesome they or are. Or something awful happens to somebody, yes. Yeah, so we should say these things earlier yeah. in many walks of life. Exactly. And so it's very much about relationships. That, that that makes sense in terms of bringing it forwards.
0: Indeed. And and the other part, you know, talking about how uh, reward often works well within teams is um, a lot of uh, apps, a lot of, a lot of software nowadays, is making it peer-to-peer. Which there is a lot of value in, in running peer-to-peer recognition schemes. Um, it requires some people being motivated enough to do it mm-hmm. and there is there is something to be said um, around the res- reciprocity of rewards. So the more likely you are to reward people is how, is, uh, is how you've been recognized or rewarded yourself. Mm-hmm. There is there is something about um, uh, I don't know the statistics of it, but science um, of giving Christmas presents. They say that uh, there's more dopamine given from actually giving the present than receiving one, and people tend to prefer giving the the gift or the recognition than receiving it. I don't know if my is daughter in agrees
1: with that. My son does. He <laughs> likes giving gifts. I have got that on there. Well, <laughs> the
0: science is I don't know the science in organisations there. Um, but I think there's there's some interesting um, uh, technology out there which allows you to award uh, credits to people. Uh, if anybody know, out there knows the, the the app Reddit, where you give people rewards and you have a certain number of rewards and you earn the reward which you then give to others, so oh, you, don't, okay. you don't you don't you don't get the uh, reward yourself. It's all in the giving. So you, out of a hundred, you might uh, points you might get in a in a week. You could give twenty points to Karen for a certain project and five points to Tom, Dick and Harry for this this project.
1: So what does Reddit do?
0: Reddit is uh, is basically a a social uh, app um, where there's loads of groups of conversations, let's say, um, and the most valuable comments underneath these uh, posts uh, receive awards Ah, from the other users of this app.
1: So it's kind of sharing knowledge. Uh, yeah. I, I naively thought it was going to be something to re- do with reading books, like Good or something. So thank you for. No, I'm <laughs> new to it as well, but I think
0: I think that it's fascinating how uh, people can reward each other, and there are, there is technology okay. there, and it doesn't necessarily have to be with technology. You know, old old school paper based and face to face recognition schemes and reward schemes mm-hmm. work as well. Where, um, I, mean, I don't know, even even if you had um, uh, little counters you put in a box and the most number of counters equals a reward for a certain person or or you vote for the, the thing that you want to do as a team. I was going
1: to sometimes team things. it's quite nice if they've done something together and then they all get to share in it. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So um, the, there's something around the altruism of reward there. Um, This can have a downside in that you're rewarding uh, popularity. So the more popular people or more charismatic people tend to be more highly rewarded. Uh, And let's call them introverts, but um, people who aren't kind of out there tend to get not noticed as much. Uh, So you have to be slightly cautious with some of these things. But um, having some kind of way of peers recognizing peers uh, is good. One has to be careful, though, of industrializing something like this. I think something that works in in a small or medium organization might not work at scale. Not necessarily all apps. I've seen some very good ones, and I've seen some okay ones is um, getting a um, you know an email which says you've received a little sticker from somebody some people get a lot of meaning from and a lot of value from mm. some people will just immediately de- delete that email and it, it wouldn't be something that's valuable to them um, and I think we have to be a bit careful of industrializing reward uh, because it tends to uh, remove its meaning mm. and it's it's really as simple as that.
1: As soon as you feel it's being done for the sake of or it, it's insincere again it's whether, that's, it's whether people perceive it to be real. Or not. Yeah I mean it's if someone's
0: pinging you a reward you know a, a superstar award yeah. kind of uh, pops up on your screen and the person's sitting two desks away from you yeah, that has little to no meaning.
1: Um, it is exactly the same as though, oh great job so what are you saying I'm superstar for it or if someone says actually genuinely I, if they're able to give you a cup of coffee or whatever their award system does and they say thank you so much that really helped me with that project it's about it's about the sincerity and whether you consider it to be meaningful a lot of the time isn't it these things
0: yeah it's actually more often than not that's the case Um, I was watching a a very old episode of of Seinfeld recently and uh, Jerry Seinfeld was uh, later on in the season where he's dating Elaine and uh, he gives her, it's her birthday, and he gives her a box and she unwraps the box and goes, oh, you shouldn't have. And inside is cash, $187, I think, if memory serves. <laughs> and she says, you got me cash? Really? What am I, your, your uncle? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you give me cash. Uh, and he gives her a card as well. And the card says, um, you're a special gal, um, a, a, a fantastic pal and more. And she says, I'm your pal? he says, and more. It's going
1: from pet to Yeah, so
0: it, he's giving her, it, it's, that's the transaction. The transaction mm-hmm. is, I gave you some cash. You could spend it on anything mm-hmm. you like, darling, or you know, here's mm-hmm. your card. Uh, and then Kramer comes in from next door with this bench that she'd seen in a shop and says, I, you said this a few weeks ago, yeah. I remembered it. Um, this is could go in that perfect place in your apartment. <clears throat> and in the card was a handwritten poem, was a, a quote from, from yeah. Yates or something like that. So there was more meaning in, in arguably something that had less value. So the idea here is that it's not necessarily the numerical value that has the reward. Often that can be the opposite and something that's a really small thing that is almost insignificant
1: um, can have the meaning. Right, back to the thought that it's the thought that counts – Yet in a very busy world, I wonder whether it's extra hard to make that thought or do we have the time for it? Or are some people just better at that, Mm -hmm. which, you know, they have more of that sort of natural gene. I'm thinking of someone in our team who thinks about you know what's going to be going off the team or someone's birthday or that that's just naturally what's going on for her on a regular basis whereas you know we're kind of going okay did I have a cup of tea today or well, what am I going to wear mm-hmm. you know it's completely different mindsets too so it's more effort for someone who doesn't naturally think that way absolutely but then it should actually mean more I suppose if people appreciate that yeah
0: and, and as far as I mean let's call it the organization uh, uh, we'll go into a rabbit hole if you like about how, uh, how I believe the organization doesn't exist it's just a collection of people and conversations but let's say the OD team the reward team, the HR team, they come up with an initiative where, uh, I don't know, let's say uh, people are given little trophies, you know, and, and they have a certain number of little trophies I don't know, eight inches high and they kind of give, give people the trophies. Something like that would not work with a 5,000, 10,000 size business because people would just leave them behind. It, yeah. becomes, it becomes too big. The system would yeah. not work in that context. And contexts is uh, crucial, picking the right system to solve the right issue or to engender the right behaviours. You know, small startups often do an away dough. They take the entire business out and they go to, you know, somewhere in, in, in the countryside somewhere and they go kayaking. You know, I've been on several mm. when the business was, was quite That's small. Nice. Yeah. But you can't necessarily do the same things as you always did and expect the same results. Um,
1: and that's not necessarily appropriate for a much larger team. And actually, not everyone's going to love that as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. So there's something around systematizing. I don't even know if that's necessarily a real word, but, but industrializing um, the systems of reward and expecting the, the same results over time, which doesn't necessarily happen.
1: Yeah, so what you're saying really is the reward or recognition whatever we put in place needs to be proportionate to the culture and the scale of the organization that you're putting it into in all of these if we're the the practitioners and I guess well in I suppose in the interest of time actually if we were to get to the point our last five minutes or so of talking together perhaps if I kind of reflect on some of the stuff we've talked about and then you can maybe come in with your final top tips for our audience as to what you think sure. you'd summarize and aim at people so it was about us thinking about being aware for about tangible and intangible rewards and, and you know, things that are in our control, which is interesting from an HR point of view, like pay and rewards and things like that. But actually, we can make sure they don't conflict like sales, you know, that we can make sure that the processes are, don't have negative impact, like having compete over-generating competition, let's say, for example, with sales or or engender behaviors we don't want. But the reality is quite a lot of the stuff that seems to make the difference is the stuff that might not be within our control directly as HR, because you're saying it's it's stuff like people feeling like the real order recognition is sincere. It's down to how our managers do it, isn't it? Um, there is something about making sure that the benefits you're offering are aligned with the values of the organisation you are saying, and there's a purpose there. We can do stuff by training managers to have better skills. That whole point about good quality feedback, making sure that it's not just throw away feedback, it's got some sincerity, and there's specific examples to it so we've covered quite a lot of ground here Mm -hmm. if you were to maybe summarize in terms of two or three takeaways that you think that our audience might want to focus on in terms of this where would you go next tom
0: oh that's a good question so one of the best ways actually is just to keep it fresh uh change it up regularly you might have the same system the same fundamental system but just change the names of the the awards or the rewards um, change what you're awarding or rewarding. Just kind of just keep it keeping it fresh because keep the, people
1: on their toes.
0: Keep them on their toes, because um, you know if you if you're you know, if it's Christmas every day, you see it ceases to become something that's new and exciting. Uh, and I think uh, you know new initiatives, new communication around those initiatives. Um, can can keep those systems fresh. Otherwise, if you're doing the same thing in the same way every time, I think a lot of the meaning is lost from that.
1: Uh, so that does make a lot of sense in terms of... It's very, it gives you something to say as well to get people to engage with them and you know, in terms of these sort of programs as well, doesn't it? Rebranding is always the answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um, another one is uh, is trying to make sure that if you're coming up with a scheme or an initiative, especially if you're using technology, is try not to um, make it something onerous that people have to do to log on to a system mm-hmm. to send a thing or a voucher or a, or a widget to people. Um, they don't have to get sign off uh, via expenses to to kind of uh, to reward people. Just trying to put it in the flow of work, um, and that um, if somebody needs to, especially if there's a financial um, incentive or reward. For people, um, in that it's very easy to use mm. and is is accessible when people are doing their day jobs and they're very busy doing what they do.
1: Yeah, if you've got to log on to multiple systems, can't remember your password, and then get sign off or give someone a buy someone a coffee, mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen, is it? Yeah, exactly. so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
0: better have that pre-authorized that there's a budget set aside for it, and you have a bunch of coffee vouchers, and yeah. someone can just go claim one if they need to claim one. Yes. The final one, probably the most important one, actually, is is tagging back to the survey results in that where people find most value um, is in the meaning and is just making things meaningful. Um, So, uh, you know, rather than having some blanket uh, based approach is making sure that managers, ideally managers, have decision making over maybe not the amounts, but what they're rewarding people on. And it's not just like you get a, you know, an extra day's holiday or, you know, you can work from home here or you get an extra 5% bonus that actually maybe a wine lover would um, get, you know, a a lovely bottle of wine that they've been admiring from a distance or a sports lover would, would get sports tickets. Um, or somebody, um, you know, has just started a new relationship, they get a spa break for, for two. Yeah. You know, something personalized that it. means something to people. And I, know, I understand that's very difficult to do at scale, but if there are some ways of doing that to, to to leave the meaning in there, possibly by giving managers that decision making ability to reward how they see best to reward, um, that it ceases to become a, a reaction. I, I mentioned earlier about trophies. Now, tro- trophies could be a um transaction you know you could just go here you go there's a trophy well done and that's the end of it and there could be amazing meaning from a, a spa retreat but the same thing could happen in reverse as well so uh, uh, you know somebody sincerely thanking somebody and, and uh, looking in their eyes and saying what they've done well and giving a little one pound trophy could have the meaning yeah and the spa break could be the transaction so the the, the biggest tip there is just making sure that um it's responsive to the thing that the person has done or the behaviour that the person has demonstrated, and it's actually something that they find valuable and something that they, they really want to have. And and I'll end you know on the theme of three. Um, I'd actually like to do a little shout out for a challenge for people, and I'm going to call this the three 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 challenge. So three things to do today, or if you're listening to this later in the day, then do it tomorrow. Mm. Uh, three things to do within a week and three in a month. So the three uh, to do today, within a day, is three thank yous. So go and speak to somebody face to face. If, you know, second best is on the phone, last best is on an email, Mm -hmm. but ideally face to face. Um, Sincerely, thank somebody for doing what they've done and be specific about what they've done. Uh, The second one is um, do something meaningful for somebody so uh something that would um call it a random act of kindness Mm -hmm. but in 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 the form of a recognition so somebody's feeling stressed go take some work off them volunteer to help them out for example uh so something that's meaningful for them as a random act of kindness and then three things to do within a month um write a handwritten note so go buy some cards uh and go you know Put an envelope, put a stamp on the envelope, a handwritten recognition card in your own handwriting, no matter how terrible your handwriting is, um, uh, for a person that you would like to give recognition to. That's my challenge for everybody
1: listening. Very nice. I like that. I will take that upon myself. I was thinking who I could do that with. That's super. Okay. So then one your, I hope you heard that. Go for it. I'd love to hear from you about your 333 challenges. And I'm sure Tom, I'll put his Twitter, you're quite active on Twitter, aren't you? His Twitter up there and other social media. Let us know about your 333 challenges that you're doing. So I guess it's time to wrap up. Just would like to say a sincere thank you to you, tom from talent tomorrow um really great talking to you i thoroughly enjoyed the topic and it was fantastic to have a masterclass you've got so much to share with us um, very very appreciative so just time to wrap up so thanks to everybody listening please do tune in next week and remember it's about learning together collaborating together and rising up together see you next week bye Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising podcast. You can access more information, including resources or links mentioned in the show at our website, www.hruprising.com. Also, you might want to join our LinkedIn community or tweet to us at HR Uprising. We'd love to hear from you.